This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Join us today as we discuss yesterday's superb victory over Walsall. We preview Tuesday's visit of Crew Alexandra. And we answer some more Twitter cues. Willkommen zum Borupadia. Bursting from midfield is Messino! Well, if that is the goal to win the promotion, it's certainly worthy of it. On Old Trafford Cracker in front of the Stratford end. Where that cheering came from. <laughs> I just like it. Fair dues. Uh, Fair Good morning. How are you today? Good, thank you. Gates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good. Oh, well, let's let's kill the German off here. Um, steady, steady. That's a hate crime these days. <laughs> yeah, that is a bit. That is a bit Suella Braverman, isn't it? Mm. Um, let's 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 try that again. How are you, Patrick? I'm very well. I'm not normally awake at this point on a Sunday, so uh, you know, you forgive not? me, forgive me if I'm as half asleep as we do this. But yeah, you seem yeah, pretty good. Loud. You, you seem pretty lively, mate. It's, it's I'm fun. about halfway down coffee number two, and uh, you know, still off the high of yesterday's spectacular uh, showing at the Lamex. So yeah, yeah, good, good, right. Uh, well. That's a nice little segue. Spectacular. That, that brilliant showing at the Lamex yesterday. Stevenage 3, Walsall 1. Um, so to, to add a little bit of context for anybody that didn't watch or anything, we're just going to, from here on out, we're just going to summarise the games very quickly. We sort of do it anyway, but we're just going to give you a bit more detail in this summary part before then cracking on and, and talking about the game in, in a little bit more depth. So... Yesterday's lineup, it was a little bit of a hybrid formation. We started sort of 4-3-3, sort of in possession with Roberts kicking on, and then Roberts would drop back out of possession, and it was more of a 4-4-2, which, you know, we do that. That's the sort of way we play anyway with when we do typically play three at the back. It is more of a hybrid formation where it's like in possession, it's sort of 3-5-2 or 3-4-3. Um, and then you find out of possession, our fullbacks do properly drop back deep. So we've got a flat, almost a flat back five. And then you have um, Roberts, who's in the usually in the pocket, will drop drop in a little deeper than you might find most attacking midfielders just to help out that mid- middle two. And then you sort of you sort of go to sort of five two, five three two, um, almost. But it's um. 
yeah, it was it was a much better performance that, than we've seen from a four four two um in a in a long while, um, especially with four at the back. Um but we'll get into that. I'm diverging already. Um <laughs> so, uh John McCracken first start, first professional start in England. He did play really? seven he did play seven times for Bohemian uh, football club in the League of Ireland. Um he conceded eight goals, so make of that what you will. Um Kane Smith right back, Sweeney Pidge in the middle, Clark left back, then we had Gilby on the right of a sort of midfield three. Reeves in the middle, Taylor out left. Uh, we had Roberts, who was floating between that attacking midfield and sort of right wing kind of role. Although he did also drop centrally between uh, Reeves and Gilby quite a lot as well. But he sort of had a very, very much a floating role there. And then we have uh, Norris and March uh, leading the line. Um, so we'll dive straight into some match stats for you as well. Um, I don't even know if our listeners particularly enjoy this bit, but I do, so... Me too. Good. Good. I, I absolutely believe like, like Dracos like, oh, don't matter, does it? And we won. But I love this bit. Um so we uh we had seventeen seventeen shots to their twelve, uh seven of ours were on target, seven off and three blocked. Which is the first time off for a long while we've had fewer shots blocked than have been on target. So that's nice. Mm. Um possession, um it was a lot it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be at half time. Um, yes. So, I mean, half half time was uh, 62% in our favour, um, and we finished with 53% in our favour. So they were far, far better in that second half. Um, past success rates, which I think is, pe- again, people don't look at it as being as important as I do, but it's for me, it's the most important statistic. So if you can't pass well, you can't do anything. Uh, 63% possession, which is good. Uh, 281 total passes and 178 of those were accurate and found their target. Um, so it's it's better. Um, we dominated the aerial draw, as you may gather. Um, 30 to 8. 30 headers, 1 to their 8. Um, that surprises me a little, actually. We'll come on to that. <sighs> I know what you're. I know what you're saying, and I can. I can. I can tell you exactly why it's a surprise. But yeah, we'll get into that. And then otherwise, six corners to their four. Um, they won the ball cleanly off of us more times than we won it off them. But we had a lot more of the ball, so it can't be that surprising. Um, they also won the ball a lot dirtier than a lot of us. Um, then we got March. Uh, with two goals, Norris with one goal. Um, their monster of a centre back, Month, is it Mickey Monty Monty Month or something? He um, <laughs> he, sc- he scored he scored their goal, which was a bit of a disaster class of defending for us, unfortunately. Um, March and Norris both got eight point five ratings. Roberts and Clark had seven point eight. Um, Smith seven point five. So yeah, that's um, that's that's the tale of the statistics. Um, I've, we've probably got to mention Carl Brook, the referee, who was absolutely dog shit for both both ways. It wasn't a one sided shit show this week. He was dreadful, made horrible decisions both ways. Right? I wasn't overly enamoured with the performance. I don't like to talk about it every single week, and yet we somehow end up talking about it every single week. But it was the um, 
the lack of dealing with players Anything. grabbing other players and impeding yep. them from playing the game, which kind of ruins mm-hmm. the sport for everyone trying to watch it. And yep. he let that go from minute one to minute 90. There was one where Norris was grabbed entirely over both shoulders from behind, just blatant, mm-hmm. straight in line of us, straight in line mm-hmm. of the assistant on our side because he was yep. standing right in front of me. The referee had a clear line of sight of it as well. Just ignored it. Just carry on. And then there, five threw himself to the floor under minimal pressure at all, and he gave a free kick yeah. to that. And it was yeah. ones like that that were infuriating, and ones where repeatedly players like Roberts and March were grabbed, managed to turn and go past a guy, and were pulled to and the floor as they went past the guy. And then he just went, "Nah, nah, that's fine. Yeah. It's not fine. Yeah. It ruins the game. Referee it properly, yeah. a ball back. It's it's absolutely it's absolutely <laughs> shocking. Absolutely shocking. I completely agree. That was the 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 two the two that I was I mean no I was annoyed by all of it right but the two that I was particularly perturbed by Month and Norris running over to in the first half running basically running directly at the assistant on the side the idiot with the flag he's got the clearest view in the ground of what's going on I can see it perfectly Month has got Norris's shirt. Bear in mind they're running at the lino. He's got his shirt, and there's a good six inches between Norris's chest and the shirt where Month is just pulling Norris along. So Norris just stops, puts his hands up, and he's still being dragged along by Month. It goes out for a throw-in, and the lino doesn't flag for it, and the referee doesn't call anything. It's just it's absolutely stunning how these people are paid to prof- to and a part of the professional game. It's embarrassing. It's genuinely embarrassing that they that there is no one better. If I was an official in the lower leagues and I saw that kind of shit, I'd be like, well, what have I got to do to progress? Because I call sh- yeah. I would call you'd be like, I call shit like that because that's not on. That's not football. That's a foul. It's blatant. It's blatant. Foul. And, and you know second... it's bad when you can hear the West Stand getting angry about it from the East Stand. The West Stand isn't particularly rowdy. So when you can hear the West Stand from the East, you know something's egregious. Um, the other one was, uh, I think it was their, their right-sided centre-back, White, their number two. Um, the ball was played forwards to March, who tried to bring it down, but White had his arms over his shoulders, round his neck, and was holding him back. Yeah. And the referee, the referee, literally less than ten yards away from play, looking right at it. March puts his arms out when he doesn't give a foul, and the referee literally shrugged at him and ran away. Yeah. What do you want? Well, I want you to referee the game properly. That ideally, coward, absolute coward. I don't know. I don't understand how you can be a professional official and be that shit. Mm-hmm. There was any, one on the half there's one on the halfway any... line where March was pulled down by the centre of the middle yeah. of his shirt yeah. at the front, like yeah. by the neck of it. And yeah. alright, the referee was on the blind side of that, but the linesman wasn't. The linesman was looking no. straight at him and was just like, ah, I could flag for that. But he's only well, dragged well. him down by his neck, so I'll just let I go, yeah. right? That's fine. Yeah. yeah. And to to provide perfect balance, I thought Gilby should have gone. And Reeves is very lucky not to have gone as well. Reeves, they're they're both bad. I mean, Reeves has literally grabbed their goalkeeper back of the head. by 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 the back of the head. He grabs him by the neck first, by the shirt, by the neck in front of his shirt, 
and then puts his arm, both arms round his neck and throws him to the floor. Yeah. That's a red card all day long. And any I've seen loads of Barra fans going, oh, both of them are yellows, they're fine. If it had happened the other way around, you'd all be spitting. You'd all oh, be yeah. fuming. It was a yeah, red card, uh, end of the day. And Gilby... The, the Gilby keeper initiated... Go on, go on. I was going to say, the keeper initiated the one on Reeves, but you shouldn't react to it. He ran yeah. straight into him to try and bundle no. him out of the way and get yeah, the no. uh, counter-attack started. You didn't, he didn't need to run through him to do what no. he wanted to do. But you're right. And I think the Reeves one was closer to a red than the Gilby one. Uh, and you see, I, I, if both I, of them I, had been given, I don't think we could have argued either case. I, 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 I think the Gilby one was worse. Um, I mean, they're both really bad. They're both really bad, right? Um, the Gilby one... Uh, he just pushed back, him in the chest. Kinsella, it's, it's the force that he does it with. Like... It's not, it's not just a shove. He's properly, properly like. I mean, he's he. If he if he'd have balled his fists up, you would have said he's punched him in the punched him in the, ch- in the chest. Nice. And he's like right at the top of the chest. He's connected right at the top of the chest, like chest slash neck area, like. And he's and the force behind it was pretty nasty. Yeah, and from like, the distance I was, you can't you can't tell as easily whether it's due to the contact or due to him doing like a. Paul yeah, Alcott, no, style comedy fall. Yeah, oh no, no, no. He's there's no way, there's no way Kinsella could have stayed on his feet having received that. It was proper. Like he's really wailed into him. And mm. if that close to the fourth official, that close to the line, he was stood next to the fourth official. And even the referee was only ten yards away because he was already running over because Kinsella had fouled Gilby. And ironically, if he'd given that foul quicker, it probably would have diffused the whole incident and not happened. But you're right, right. you can't react to it like that. It's insane. It, it's it's madness that Gilby wasn't sent off. And he'd have been right, well within his rights to send him off. We got mm-hmm. very lucky that neither of them got a red card. Very yeah. lucky. I mean, the ref was consistently lenient all day. And yeah. mostly yeah. that was annoying. Sometimes it got in our favour. Like, their two in the corner could have had three yellow cards for the same incident and got none. So, there it's... Was, uh, there was one. There was, he gave one foul against us, um, against Rose, perhaps, maybe against Roberts. We had the ball down in the corner. He gave a foul. The uh, the guy with the, the the guy in the Optus Studios who was on I was on with looked at the replay three or four times and had no idea what he'd given a foul for. Yeah, there was there was it was a typical one of they're, they're sort of jockeying they're sort of trying to. Just waste time in a corner. In the corner, no Stevenish player had fouled or pushed or pulled anybody. If a foul was going to be given, it would probably be against Walsall. But even then, there was no there was no foul there. Yeah, um, one of those ones where the ref goes, "You're not trying to play the game, so I'm going to give a foul for obstruction and let the yeah. defence have the ball back." Which I kind yeah. of sympathise with because I hate keeping it in the corner. Yeah, I really Although, despise. I really despise it. That was more of a. It's gone there, and this is how we're having to deal with it, rather than a deliberate uh, tactic. That time, I thought. No, no, Danny, Danny Ray's received a throw in and ran it straight to the corner. I'm not. No, maybe I'm thinking of a different I, one. I don't think his touch was. I don't think his touch was that bad that it just happens <laughs> to land land in the corner. Who oh, no, uh, Look what happened by accident. And Danny Rose is a magnificent shit house as well, so he absolutely did that on purpose. <laughs> um, should we should we talk about some of the good stuff? Yeah, let's talk about some of the good stuff. So. We played with an intensity and 
uh, the sort of fluid passing that we were used to in right at the right in the early part of the season, right in sort of August September when we would see nice passing moves on the deck, us playing football and and people probably ourselves included going, I did not expect this from Steve Evans. Yeah. And we've and, seen Stephen East sides in the past absolutely fold under that sort of physical bombardment. Not under Evans yeah. particularly, no, but not under Evans, in the yeah. last three or four years, some we've had teams that have been battered off the park. And what they yeah, I mean, stand up to that and impose their own last, game on it first half, which was great. Yeah, last season under Tisdale against a physical side like Walsall, we'd have lost that 3 0. Mm-hmm. Wilted. We'd have, we'd, have, we'd have been terrified. I think having players, like, I, I don't want to condone either Reeves or Gilby because they shouldn't be doing that on the football field but having players that are going to fight for every every inch like that and you know having your Norris who he's not going to be bullied out of a game by anybody no um Sweeney and Pidge you know they're gonna they're big lads who are going to fight for every blade of grass right I think having players like that is 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 enormous because you do physically impose yourself on your opposition and it enables you to play your own style, your own brand of football. Last yeah. few weeks, we've not been able to do that for whatever reason, injuries, not having trust in the goalkeeper, losing TVC, losing Luther, you know, uh, Roberts, Roberts for the past two months, maybe month, certainly month. Looks like Steve's gone. You can't keep getting this many yellow cards, and he's just completely gone in, or gone, gone in with, within himself. He had a bit of bite about him yesterday. Like he yeah. hit, he hit Knowles out on the the Walsall right wing. You know, when Wal Knowles stayed down for a good couple of minutes and then got up and did the hokey cokey before getting on and playing football. Yeah. Um, Knowles was the guy with the really really terrible haircut, right? As um, as I think it was Dean tweeted, Jack Greewish. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that pillock. Uh, he looked really handy, actually. Yes, yeah. and <laughs> he he was he was very he was a real threat down there right wing when he when he came on, and I was a little bit nervous about it. Um, but we defended very well against the attacks that he put together, um, and we did get lucky that James Taylor could hit a barn door with a homing missile. Um, but uh, Roberts had that bite in his game yesterday that he's lacked for a good few months. Reeves looked like he was back up to speed. Um, you know, he didn't have he didn't have his best game, but I think that I mean Maddox, Cumley, Hutchinson, they all got they all got sub- substituted off. Uh, yeah, um, a couple of them at half time. Um, in fact, it might have been all three of them at half time. Hutchinson, it was Hutchinson's Hutchinson Williams, uh, Gordon and Maddox, and then commonly came off later. But yeah. two of the centre, two of the centre midfielders got 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 subbed off at half time. They couldn't get anywhere near Taylor Reeves or Gilby. Not one of them. Our, our, mid, our midfield three had a really easy day. Yeah, they played well together, and uh, they did play really well together. As you said, it's it's the first time we've seen that formation be quite as successful as this this season, well, certainly this year. So that bodes well. Um, we've talked about our strikers struggling to score three goals from strikers. This <laughs> game was a vast improvement on that. 
two yeah, more wing so, back assists was nice as well. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I I was getting pelters. I was sat right in front of Dean Thompson yesterday, and uh, every time a striker scored, he said, "Who said our strikers can't score?" Knowing full well that twenty minutes before kickoff we were having chat, and I was like, and I was saying, I I, I often expect this to be nil nil. They don't concede much, and we can't score. Our strikers don't score. And then obviously there was that, but so uh, yeah, we had a good laugh. But we had a good, good laugh at that at my expense. Um, <laughs> but you know, this is very much at the moment. This is very much an outlier in terms of of our the statement our strikers can't score because they they in the last couple of months they're missing hatfuls of chances, aren't they? Um, but Let's talk about the actual goals. Um, so March's March's goal um, came on came on a counter attack. Um, the uh, the Walsall were attacking down the right hand side, and I think it was Pidge that robbed. Uh, I think it was Knowles. I think he tackled it was Knowles or Mad- Maddox. I think he won the ball off and gave the ball to Clark, yeah. who uh, played the ball over the top for March. Who March had to beat in a white all day long. White just couldn't keep up with him. And which is weird because I don't think March is that fast, is he? But um, you said that about Horgan as well. He looks pretty fast to me. I didn't say that about Horgan. I said he's not very good. Horgan runs fast and all day. He just he doesn't seem to be able to kick a ball properly. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, but yeah, the ball's played over the top from Clark. Yeah, Clark was deep inside our half. He plays the ball. It was a perfectly weighted pass over the top for March. It literally Lovely. landed right in front of him on the run. March has just March has then just got you know he's still got to do the job he's still got to do the job of holding Mark White off and then you know he's right bang bang center in the middle of the uh, middle of the area as he crosses over into the area uh, Evans the, uh, the the Walsall keeper rushes out and uh, March just it wasn't a lob was it Evans had only taken a few steps off a few steps off his line at this point and March just thought is it a lob did he lob him. Did you Not really. He slotted it round him. He's, found a nice angle for it. It sort of goes up and over, but uh, but it sort of curled away from him as well. But it's sort of, yeah. It's a it's a wonderful finish. It's such the composure he showed not only to score the goal but to fashion the chance for himself. He had so much to do to yeah. hold off White and get that and get that finish. It was marvelous. Um, it looks easy, but only because he made it look easy. It's been yeah, very yeah. easy to be a little bit too slow and allow the guy to get back at you. He had to do everything at basically full speed and yeah. then make the decision and have the technique to not get it stuck under his feet and to be able mm-hmm. to make the angle to just pass it into the empty net. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's something that looks easy if you do it well, but we've seen a lot of players on highlight reels cock that up and get laughed at. So yeah. I mean, we saw March yesterday twice not be able to pounce on a through ball like that and do anything with it. So and Roberts a couple of times has played through in a similar fashion and couldn't couldn't get anywhere and do anything with it. So it's it's a very difficult thing to do. Um to beat and hold off your man and then beat the goalkeeper in a in a in a one one on one. Um it's very, very good. Second goal uh was superb as well for the for the phase of play that brought it. With a lot of pressure in their final third. We pass it down on the down on our right hands right hand side. 
such a lovely combination. Uh, Gilby, Smith, Reeves, Roberts, just knocking the ball around between themselves. The ball comes into Smith, who drills it in really low, right across the middle. Um, and then Norris is just there in the six-yard box, just on the edge of the six-yard box to touch it home. Brilliant, brilliant cross. Absolutely yeah. superb. And a really good composed finish as well. You've seen Steve and his players a lot in that situation control, try to control the ball and then do something with it. And we saw uh, we saw March do the same thing in a couple of minutes in yesterday. He's got he receives the ball in the box. He he's facing away from the goal a little bit. So I absolutely understand why he tries to control it. But he's tried to, he, you know, he's he's sort of on the half turn and he's tried to control it and it's bounced away and it's and the chance has gone. Yeah, he's um, crowded Norris, out. Norris just sort of manages to swivel and poke, poke it home. Um, the move was just wonderful, wasn't it? It was very nice. It was, yeah, um, good interplay between the midfielders. We had an advanced uh, fullback providing the width and putting in a lovely cross and. We've seen that a lot from Kane Smith recently, so I won't bore you by waxing lyrical about it again. Um, although I will say, later on in the game, in uh, the final couple of minutes, he mm. did a beautiful job anticipating, intercepting, and then running like 40, 50 yards with it, turning their whole team back, mm -hmm. put a fairly dangerous ball in, but it was more the, oh, the territory cross, and the time it took. That cross was incredible, let's say the one you were talking about later on. Yeah. He's, in the 93rd minute, he's just run, I think he's, He's gone the full 60, 70 yards even. Yeah, He's and he was moving like he was minute two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whoever it was that was tracking him, um, probably I think Riley was out on that side, or maybe, yeah, Riley was out on that side. Um, could get nowhere near him. And the ball he puts across for Jamie Reed, it's criminal that Jamie Reed stood on the ball. Yeah. Because he went for it with his right foot rather than his left foot. You yeah, take if you take that you take that on your left foot, all you've got to do is cushion that and it's going in the bottom corner. Evans ain't saved more or less anything that hasn't been right at him all game. Um there was another uh, another opportunity for March to score his second. Or was it I know actually I think he scored his second before the one I was gonna talk about, so we'll talk about the goal. Um yeah, the ball sort of, there's a little bit of head tennis and we kept we kept uh, was it, was it a free kick that came in? Was it a corner that came in? And it was uh, the free kick from Clark and Reeves. That's right. It was a free free kick. Um, came in. Um, it was headed away initially, um, and then headed back in. And then I think it was not. Was it Norris? Yeah, Norris. Yeah, it was right. Norris. Put it back into the middle, uh, and then I mean, March overhead kick puts it top right corner. Watching it on really replay, nice. I mean, it's a it's a fantastic finish. But looking at it on a replay, I don't know if he made more made harder work for himself for again going going for it with his left, going sorry going with it for it with his right foot. I thought that, but doesn't um, matter, though, does it? It went into cares, yeah. It just looks it looks very awkward the way he, the way he strikes it. But I mean, he scored an overhead kick, and I've never scored one, so I'll shut up, really. <laughs> it was lovely. It was just so. Unfortunate that his uh, header later on managed to be uh, well saved because that would have been a nice hatchery. I I don't know that I don't know that Evans. I mean, by the letter of the law, Evans did save it. I think Evans had any any anything to do with him. 
he didn't get down and save it with his hand. It, it, it hit his, it hit his leg and and, and bounced, bounced clear. I don't think Evans knew anything about it. Um, it was a diving header, wasn't it? Ball, yeah. Balls played in from the left hand side. March throws himself at it. Connects brilliantly. If he puts it six yards, six yards to the left, maybe a foot to the right, that's in all day long. I think Evans stopped still. He just got lucky. Went yeah. right down the middle, hit him. I don't consider it a bad miss, though. I'd consider it a good save. I don't think it's a bad miss. I think it's just one of those things. You know, he's done. He's done brilliantly to get himself onto the ball. He's just unlucky that he's not had the time and the and the the opportunity to really control where it goes. I don't think he had any real any say over what happened with the ball. It went where it went, right? So those are the goals. Uh, the uh, the Warsaw goal, um, the ball was whipped in from their right flank. Sweeney's gone up to head it. A month has uh, just wiped him out. Um, he's take, taking him out in midair. Uh, I say that as if it was a foul, and I'm not sure it was a foul. No, it was he, shoulder he, to shoulder. He just had a bit more strength. Uh, there. It was shoulder into back. He came from behind Sweeney and sort of jumps into him. But that's just because he had more momentum. I don't think there was. I don't think there's really a foul. But because Sweeney's missed the ball, the ball's come down and hit and hit Kane on his right leg, uh, and then Mont's just been there to stab it home. Yeah, one of those one of those things. Absolutely nothing. Any of them could have done differently about it. There's no chance Kane's reading. Oh, Sweeney's going to miss this, isn't he? Yeah, and certainly nothing the keeper could have done about it on his debut. No, I mean, what it was five yards out. Yeah, thundered in from inside the uh, six-yard box. Yeah. Let's talk about the difference in McCracken and say Toby Savin. It was remarkable how much calm everything at the back was, wasn't it? Yeah, he had a couple of confident claims in the air, claiming at the apex, fully extended. He'd need to be because he's a couple of inches shorter than Sweeney, but um, mm. you know it was timed well, uh, got up there, so the challenge wasn't there. The most important difference was the kind of sweeping up of stuff on the edge of his area, which uh, we've seen kind of nervous and has cost us a couple of goals from Sabin, and that was much improved. So positives there. Yeah, I think the big, I think a big, um, you're right, a big change is just his, he just seemed to be confident in everything that he was doing. Um, whereas Savin looked like he was absolutely shitting it. Um, or like you said, McCracken has an ability, has the ability to come out and claim the ball confidently. You know, there was one moment I think where he flapped at something, but then he got himself positioned again and, and didn't panic, whereas Savin, when he flapped at that ball that uh, AFC Wimbledon end up scoring from, um, he looked—he was on the deck and didn't look like he knew what to do. I mean, it all happened very quickly, so I might be a little bit harsh, but I think the difference, difference was stark. And every time Savin caught the ball, which probably wasn't very very often, he stopped, stopped dead, waited. The first thing, first thing McCracken did, very first time he had ball in hand, raced to the edge of the area to get the attack going again. Yeah, that's what you want to see, especially such at home. Such a huge difference, such a huge difference. 
And I think immediately Pigeon Sweeney were, uh, you could see they had a bit more trust and a bit more confident. Um, I think Sweeney, I, Sweeney made a couple of little sort of uncharacteristic over the course of the season mistakes yesterday where he's like letting the ball bounce and then, and then trying to take it on the turn and running into somebody mm. that, that, has a few people saying that he didn't have a good game. I thought he actually had an excellent game. It wasn't Willie his best game, but that's because his standards are high. It wasn't a terrible game right. by any means. I think I think he kept Williams so quiet they took Williams off. They took Williams yeah. off because he got no he didn't get anything from Sweeney all game. Their strikers even, didn't do that much. And even when even when even when Sweeney um did did cock up once or twice he tidied nine times that I think he tidied it up himself and then came away and, and 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 dealt with it. I think he had a quite quite a decent game all told. Yeah. yeah. And it's been the same all season with him. He'll take a risk to play his way out of trouble and start the ball moving in the right direction. And most yeah, of the time knows. that pays off. And when it doesn't, well, the number of times it has paid off, maybe the risk is worth it. And in this one, the couple of stumbles he had he bailed himself out of, so he didn't yeah. cost us anything. Yeah. I can only think of one time it's cost us uh, where Sweeney tried to take somebody on, got robbed, and they went and scored. And that yeah. was October. And that's the only time I, th- I can think of when Sweeney's done something like that and it hasn't. And we've lost possession. Right. Yeah. It's like Darius. On balance, it's a net positive. It makes you yeah. uh, get you onto the end of your seat, but it's worth it. <laughs> oh, well, the, uh, the attacking centre-back, Darius Charles. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, what? Well, did he play centre back? Was he left back? He played everything. But, he played um, everything. I don't yeah. know why I'm asking. Uh, he played everywhere, didn't he? Taylor, Jake Taylor, we've got to talk about him. He was good, didn't he? He was. He was a little terrier out there. It was, uh, what yeah. do you want to see from him? Got hurt late on in a yeah. challenge that he had to get into to stop them counter attacking yeah. down the right left hand side. But no, he was good. It's um, not a, an obviously like natural position for any of them out there as uh, wide midfielders. So they roam about a bit and mm. there's always that concern about protection in front of the fullbacks, but it was good enough in this one. And uh, yeah. certainly it had to be very combative and it was. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, you know he did a he did a he did a superb job. Um I've, when he's when he's played well, it's always been this kind of performance from him where he's been a bit of a terrier. He's never been the player that we use to recycle the ball and spread things around. You know, he's not he's not as technically good as Jake Reeves, but he's just got some. Uh, he's got a bit of bite about him when he wants it. That just has him just means he's so much more competitive than just about everybody else he comes up against. Yeah, which... and we've got the right players in there alongside him that that's yeah. a role you need and he's got the players to give it to to have got that bit more creative spark about them and he's not like incapable but it's more his yeah. movement than his passing that unlocks things and yeah he had that chance that was narrow well I don't know how narrowly wide from the angle I had but it was one of those ones that makes you hold your breath and then it just nips past the post it was uh, I think it was unlucky it curled away from the goal I think it was going in when he hit it yeah um it certainly looked like it was going to go in, but it, it sort of curled, curled out the other way. And I think I, I did see the replay back. I think he just got a bit on. He just snatched at the chance a little bit. 
um, which which meant he didn't hit it quite as true as he might have done had he had a two hundred milliseconds more to just yeah he had no time to save that time. He had to take it no absolutely time. on the run. Yeah, I mean it was a great a great great chance and he hit it really well. It just it just went the wrong way. Um, but again, that came off of the back of a really good pass and moved down that right flank, which is where we were really strong. I think we were stronger down the right than we were the left. Although again, you know, Clark had a massive game left back as well. You know, he got that assist for March's goal. Um, I can only think of one time when Knowles proper had him on ropes and and and, and did him around the outside. Yeah, um, I think he defended really well. It was he, he was helped by the way Walsall built their attacks, I think. So, like, Knowles yeah. out there was good, but they didn't get him a lot of useful ball, which I'm fine with, <laughs> glad about, in yeah. fact. Um, but, yeah, Clark was very solid, as he we're accustomed to him being. He won more headers than you'd expect for um, an outstatured guy with the plays he was going up against a lot of the time. And he used the ball very smartly. He got forwards and pushed them back yeah. when there was space to do so. He's always up there for um, mm-hmm. set pieces and moving the ball nicely with the midfielders yeah. now. So, yeah, he makes good decisions and it's underrated that, I think. He, he won, five head, won five aerial duels, lost just the one. His pass success rate was 65%. Um, can't, can't ask him to do more, can you, really? Yeah, and you know that, that pass success rate is brought down by the times he's played into trouble and just has to get away up the line safely. You know, he makes sensible decisions about when to play it to space to push them back and turn them round and allow us to reset and when to actually try and find people, which uh, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's a, a skill you need at this level, well, any level. Yeah, absolutely. Right, um, let's move on to, we're going to have a look around the around the league, see, what, see what's happened around the league. We'll go Go through the uh, results, and then we'll have a look at the have a look at the sort of top top nine. Who are the the, the ones that are in and about the playoff and promotion places? Uh, do you want to go through the fixtures? Do your best. Um, it was it. Uh, uh, James Alexander Gordon. Who? He used to do it on the uh, on the radio back in the day. Oh, the oh the old wireless. Oh, okay, I was talking about. I was thinking about. Um, is it, uh, I can't remember his first name. Tim Gudgeon. Oh right, yeah. He used to do it. He used to do it on Final Score, didn't he? Yeah, that, that rings a bell. That rings a bell. All right. Um, so the fixtures from this weekend, I st- I've ranked them in order of league position to try and you know frame it as those around us. So, Mansfield versus Leighton Orient for match postponed. Um, Swindon one, Carlisle United two. So Carlisle retain that second place comfortably. Hartlepool 1, Northampton Town 1. Hartlepool do us a little favour by taking points off Northampton, although it could have been better if they could have held on for that win. Colchester 0, Stockport 1. Stockport's uh, good form continues. Newport 1, Bradford 1. Barrow 0, Sutton 0. Lots of the top 10 dropping points, which is absolutely lovely stuff. Doncaster 2, Wimbledon 1. Gillingham 2, Tranmere 0. Grimsby 1, Rochdale 0. Crawley 3, Harrogate 1, and finally the Friday night fixture finished Crew 4, Salford 3, which is wild. Lots of goals in the last few minutes in that one. That was, yeah, that was a very much, um, that was that was 
that one kept swinging one way than the other, didn't it? Uh, Carlisle got their winner in the 96th minute. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been nice if that one had finished drawn, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. So so the league table, coming from the ninth, ninth up, we've got uh, Sutton United in ninth, 55 points, having played for 36 games. And Mansfield, who obviously had their game postponed, now uh, still sat in eighth. Um, they're also on 55 points, having played 33 games now. Salford, 56 points from 36 games played. Bradford, 35 played, 59 points. Stockport, 36 games, 59 points. You've got Northampton, 35 played, 60 points. And you have the Borough, 34 points, uh, 63, sorry, six, 34 games played, 63 points. You've got Carlisle in second, 35 point, 35 played, Jesus Christ. 35 played from 64 points. And Orient, top of the pile, 35 points. 35 played, 72 points. Um, so it's it, it's difficult to think that uh, Orient are going to do anything but win the league from here on in. Um, I said at the start, I said for the most part, for, for the first, uh, first three months of the season or so until they had that sort of December, January wobble, that they were comfortably the best team in the league. And I think they've started to show that again the last last few weeks. I think, irritatingly, the, the absolute pounding we gave them made them take a look at themselves and sort of try to try to address what was going wrong. And admittedly, they had some injury problems around that time as well. You know, they were they were playing makeshift defenses, which meant Richie Wellens was having them sit back and not play the kind of open, expansive football that they had been playing for a long, long parts of the season mm-hmm. um, to try and shore that defence up. I think the combination of getting walloped by us and getting key players back. We were there, Rochdale. <laughs> it was a bit early to say that. We've done one game. Say that again in three weeks. <laughs> I hope I will. Yeah, they're eight points clear with nine games to go, so you basically don't need to look that far up the table now. It's... no. No. Two from what? And congratulations. Two from eight for the next uh, yeah. pr- two promotion spots. Con- congrats- congratulations, Leighton Orient. I think I think it's safe to say that you are champions by now. I hope you're not, and I hope you fall apart spectacularly. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I just don't I just don't see it. Um, and if you do fall but... apart spectacularly, grab Carlisle's ankle on the way down and we'll uh... <laughs> How interesting is it that uh Orient they weren't relegation fodder last year, but they weren't they weren't that far far clear of uh, that far clear of coming coming down into the relegation scrap. And Carlisle were right there with us. I think they only finished three or four points ahead of us. Yeah, something like they that. They were the place above us in the table, weren't they? And we had Barrow finish below us before the before the two shit houses went down. <laughs> I can't remember Stockport and Oldham. Was that yeah. last season? Um, so yeah, it's really interesting that three teams that struggled so much last year are now flying or like, have flown to the top. The one consistent thing in this league is teams like Northampton and Mansfield bottling promotions sitting around <laughs> kind of four to eight. So you have to have a new top three every time for them to be able to I bottle think, out of it every year. Yeah, I think you can probably safely put Salford in that mark as well because they've been in the they've been in the in the football league now for what five years and they're always. 
floating around the promotion places, aren't they? Floating around the playoff spots, aren't they? I keep oh, bottling they should it. be. And they well, yeah, I mean, the, the £90,000 a month or whatever it is they're losing would suggest that they should be hitting the championship about now. Well, oh, they need to be, <laughs> Yeah, right. So we're going to talk about uh, talk about the crew game. Um, we were going to segue straight from the fixtures into into the into the crew game, but then it made sense to talk about the table as we were talking about the fixtures, and it completely cocked up our uh, segue. But there you go. <laughs> um, so crew crew versus Salford. So crew went behind in the first half, then went two up, then went two one up, then three two down, and then came back in the last few minutes and and won four four three. Um, Crew is a game that I always think I always see it come up and I'm like, oh, it's a difficult game but I'm not sure that they're that good, are they? Their form is quite similar to ours recently, so lots right. and lots of draws, one win in February uh, maybe one win in January as well, so actually marginally worse than ours um, <laughs> but yeah, this win could be a springboard for them, it's a, a good win yeah. against a Salford side we know are decent so uh, yeah We've got to hope that travelling down for a Tuesday night it takes a little bit of the wind out of their sails and uh, yeah. we're buoyed by the game on Saturday. They've got an extra day's rest um, because they played Friday night. But that's not much of a difference, I wouldn't have thought, particularly since they've got to travel as well. Do you know what? You, you, you've, they've, they've had a lot of red cards. Um, they've got Before the Salford game, they had back-to-back red cards. They had one against Crawley a few games prior, and then they had one against uh, Carlisle just at the end of December. So uh looks like we might be in for a bit of a battle. So you're, <laughs> you're right about the fact that they seem to be winning once a month. They got one, they, they won on the 1st of January against Tranmere, didn't win again for the rest of the month. Then they won on the 14th of February, didn't win the rest of the month. And then, that, and then so hopefully they've got their win for March. Already. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're 17th and we're at home, so... It's a game you've got to be targeting three points from, particularly given the number of points yeah. we dropped over the last ten. Before the before the before the Salford game, it was four consecutive draws. Um, if you go back, if you go back eight games, it's uh, two wins, a loss, and the rest are draws. So, yeah, and it's um, if we win it, we go back up to second, and we're yes. a nice six points clear of Northampton in fourth. So. That's a nice little cushion to the uh, dreaded playoff places. Only dreaded because you're in the top three, mind you. Uh, well, Northampton are playing tomorrow, so if they win with the we, we, that doesn't wipe out our game in hand on them. So so they are, so they are. They they could they could keep pace with us. Um, but sat, we're not going to talk about it today. But Saturday's Saturday's the big one, isn't it? We need to see off. See off, see off, crew with a boring one nil win. Would I'd be delighted with because we need to. Saturday is a really important game going away to Carlisle, isn't it? I mean that goes back to your a point away from home's all right uh, mantra. Which, always, you know what? Uh, a point away from home against a side really riding high in the form table, a long way to the northwest. I would definitely take that. <laughs> you surprise me, Patrick. You surprise me that you would take that. Um, looking at looking at the form table, you know we've we've we were third bottom in the form table before Saturday. We're now up to fourteenth in the form table, but we are playing the team third in the league in form at the moment. So uh, the good news is that Northampton are playing the team second in the form table. 
Tuesday night. So I think the positives are the manner of this win. So it wasn't like a yeah, it was the snuck one really across the line. Point. It was like yeah, they've created some good chances. They put away those chances. They had a two goal winning margin. Then that felt merited. It could have been wider. Um, they had to Probably hang on a bit against a, a, a tough arm wrestle, but that's what you'd expect from a League One fixture, right? The easy wins don't go along very often because teams just don't roll over and they shouldn't. Yeah. So yeah, yeah no, it's it's good that we can win that sort of arm wrestle. Yeah, no, you're 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 absolutely right. I think uh, I think that the manner of the victory is almost more impressive than the fact that we actually finally won a game, isn't it? Because it wasn't like you said, it wasn't just we won a game. We won a game and we won it really well. Um, uh, Shall we turn to some Twitter questions? Sure, let's do that. Okay, we've only got a few, so we can quickly, we can probably dispatch these quickly. Uh, The legendary David Valentin wants to know what changed this week and what needs to continue to secure promotion. Uh, We had a goalkeeper that can play in goal. That helped. Um, I think we talked about it during the match report that people seemed a lot more confident and positive and uh, it was a performance where people had the options they needed to play the ball to so there was more yeah. easy passes Mo- finding a teammate to create than uh, the hopefully knocks third. forward to chase onto. Yeah, the movement in the final third was much better than it has been for a long time and we happened to this week find the passes that, that caught, caught, caught our players in a moment where they could score goals yeah. I think Jake Reeves Jake Reeves uh, you know he he was clearly rushed back from injury um, and he was playing at 50% and I said I said last week didn't I that having the week having a full week off after that game game away at Rochdale would do us the world of good because it gave the likes of Reeves more time to recover and get getting recover from from having to play football again so soon after being injured, but also just give him, give him, give him, give him time just to sort of get his get his mindset ready to go this week, and it and it proved proved true because he was fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah, and one of the things you see when a team loses a bit of confidence and form and maybe fitness from niggling injuries is you stop doing the movement to create the space, and you start doing mm-hmm. the movement as a reaction to the pass, and when that happens, it's much more easy to defend and. Yeah. We definitely were seeing more players making moves to pass the ball into for, in this game, which caused a lot more problems to the Walsall defence than we've seen in some recent fixtures. So that's really nice yeah. to see that that sort of progressive nature of things. We didn't play nearly as deep um, as we have the last few weeks either. Um, one of the one of the criticisms of the team has been that we were when Savin was in goals that we were far too deep, and obviously that's a measure that's partly to protect him but it meant that there was such a massive space between our defence and midfield that we were never able to play our way out of danger yeah whereas this week the defence played a much higher line which meant we were able to do that yeah i think that's a i think that's a massive thing um and you know the player i'm the players identified that themselves and and dealt with it mm-hmm. which is which you know, is is a massive massive positive um Simon York wants to know why do you think Dean Campbell doesn't get much game time because he thinks that whenever he's played he's impressed. 
I don't think he has impressed whenever he's played. I think he's impressed a couple of times when he's played. Um, I think for the first few the first few times we saw him, you know, again, admittedly, you can't take that as as a true representation of how good he is because a lot of times players, particularly when they're on loan, they do take a little bit of time to settle into a new club, a new system. Um, I can probably count the amount of times on one hand. I don't even need my whole hand to say that I thought he was at a good game. He played phenomenally well against Villa. And I think there was one game before Christmas where he started where I was like, actually, he played really well until he was taken off halfway through the second half. Other than that, I don't think he's been that impressive at all. I think he looks... I think he looks a little bit slow. And I don't mean physically. And that sounds way harsher than it's meant to I think he doesn't show the sort of the the game intelligence of a Gilby or a Reeves. He doesn't, you know, when you, he, he if he's receiving the ball into feet, you look at the likes of Reeves and Gilby. They're check they're checking their shoulders to see who's where before they receive the ball. Dean Campbell doesn't seem to do that sort of thing, and I, you know that might be a case of you know he's he's still developing, he's still learning. He's twenty two or three or something, I believe. I don't. He's still a young player, but it's just it's tough for him, isn't that's it? it for me. It's it's tough for him, isn't it? Because he's trying to get in a team past uh, Sweeney and Pidge, and it's hard to establish yourself against players of that magnitude. Um, Cam- Campbell. Yeah, that was an in joke about what Jay was talking about earlier. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> which you ruined, but maybe I didn't. Do oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, um, no, you're but, right. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted he didn't start at centre-back, by the way. I think it speaks volumes that we had both central, deeper-line midfielders on bookings in Gilby and Reeves in this one, in, I can't remember when it was, like middle of the second half, and they were both like semi-red mist, stupid yellow cards, and yet neither yeah. of them was hooks, and they both played the full 90, and yeah. he had Bostwick and... Um, Campbell, who could have come on and filled those roles, and it's it tells you what Evans thinks of them that they weren't used at all, unless they're carrying knocks or something that we don't know they, about. But yeah, yeah it they, speaks they, volumes to me. Reeves and Gilby played like a full 25 30 minutes on bookings, and they were neither of them were hooked. So it goes, it tells you exactly why. It's, it, it, at the end of the day. As harsh as it sounds, I don't think he's good enough at the moment. Um, we'll see, won't we? Um, finally, Owen Miles, would you go for the same team that started today? I think I would, you know. I don't have any sub- reasons. Having said that, we didn't make any subs until the 88th minute, so maybe not. Maybe one or two switches, like maybe maybe JFC for Reeves. Um, I'd play Taylor again. I'd play Roberts. Gilby uh, probably. I'd play the same back four. Um, but I'm still wary of Reeves. Reeves's engine at the moment. Yeah. Um, and while I thought he was excellent yesterday, if I can avoid giving him another ninety so soon and have him fresher for Carlisle, I think it's worthwhile. I think JFC, if we play to the same intensity, 
on Tuesday, I think JFC can slot in there and do the exact same job just as well as Reeves will. Yeah, and it's such a luxury to have players of that quality like replaceably within a squad, which yeah, know, looking I mean, back still... over our league history, there's we've not had that no. depth of that position much of the time. No, no, you're right. Uh, he's still you know, he's still got work to do, he's still got to show us a lot of that ability that we 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 kind of expecting from him. Um but you know, he has had good he has had good showings. He has had a couple of really of really good performances. Um, albeit I think they both came from coming on from the bench. Um, yeah. but you know, we it, I definitely want to see more from him and I think I think that he's he certainly he certainly has the potential to fill fill that Jake role Jake Jake Reeves role, but whether he's gonna do it or not it's uh, remains to be seen, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, the, the biggest question mark is probably Sweeney. He finished the game with a head bandage, so yeah. you've got to hope he's uh, well enough for Tuesday because it would be a massive loss if he's not. We've not got much left he, in that department. He did look a little bit shaky for the first sort of five, ten minutes after that. You know, his first touch went to absolute shit um, after he took that knock on the head, and I did worry a little bit that there might be a concussion there. But he settled back into playing his usual sort of brand of confident defensive defending, um, defensive defending. That is a brilliant sentence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? He, he, he settled back into his usual style not too long after, after it had occurred. So I'm not that concerned. No, I mean, there's no concern from how he finished the game playing. Um, the performance yeah. level was fine. It's more a case of we don't know what happened there, what the consequence might be. We've just got to fingers it, crossed yeah. and hope it's all right. He made a couple of really good interceptions when when uh, Walsall were flying forward late on, which which settled the nerves massively. True. Um, and he wasn't looking to get rid of it quickly either. He was still confident enough yeah. to be calm on the ball and um, distribute well. Yeah, right. Uh, we got time for extra time, Pat? I'm happy to, yeah. Sure, go for it. All right, so my extra time this week was, what <clears throat> is your most regretted missed sporting moment? Um, so I'll give you the example from I was thinking of when I put this in. The first goal at a game that I attended was scored by Carlton Palmer against Queen's Park Rangers. And I was having my first piss at a football game during that goal. Now, fortunately, he scored again in that game and <coughs> Wednesday won 4-2. So, uh, yeah, I, I missed the first goal at a live match I ever went to when I was about eight years old. Oh, that is that is horrible, isn't it? It's a rite of passage, I think. Yeah, I missed the goal uh, against Tranmere uh, years ago. The, uh, the club put on a deal where you could go and stand in the North Stand for a fiver um, against Tranmere. Um, so I what I saw Ben May get sent off a headbutt in Paul Rachubka, um, which was great. That happened right in front of me, and it was hilarious. Um, he headbutted him in the chest. Very strange behaviour from a very bad footballer. Zidane-esque. Um, yeah, sort of. Um, in, attitude, in that attitude, and absolutely nothing in ability. Although he did score a very important goal for us that saw us to the playoffs, so you know you can't criticise him too hard, I suppose. But um, 
And then I went and get a cup of tea in the old shitty van that used to be stationed in the in amongst the rubble of the of that area. And uh, I literally said, "Cup of tea, please." And heard, heard a roar behind me. Turned around and see players <laughs> celebrating. And that was the only good part of the game was the fact that we scored a goal. The game was dreadful. Mm. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was, you know, that kind of rain where it's just sort of everywhere. It's not very heavy. It's really light, but it's just everywhere. And it's just always constant haze. And it's hor- it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. That that kind of day, and it was miserable. It was fucking freezing. The game was, tr- other than the headbutt and the goal, the game was shite. So. But we won, so it don't matter, does it? No, exactly. I'm glad to bring you back those happy um, memories. Yeah, the worst but... one I've ever seen was uh, Don Valley Stadium. I saw Jan Zalesny <laughs> throw a world record. And it's just incredible watching a javelin sail 90 metres. It absolutely floated. It's mad, and, isn't it? Uh, a few minutes later, a bloke in front of us came back with a couple of pies and was like, I heard a big roar. What was that? I was like, mate, you just missed a javelin world record fetching a pie. Oh, bless you. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'm miss. Miss sporting moments. I don't know if there are many. I don't know. I mean, there are there are like amazing games of football that like I've missed because I've been working or I was on the I was on the plane going to Turkey when City smashed United six one. Oh, shout shout out to my mate Mike who sulked off home when Liverpool were three 0 down in the Champions League final and didn't stay in the pub with us to watch them come back. Oh, that is hilarious. That is. Yeah. That is big. That um, he took his big angry uh, scouse face home. It was uh, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no one's going to beat that, are they? <laughs> well, tweet us in. Tweet us in your miss sporting moments at Borough Pod. We'd us, be yes. interested to hear them. Absolutely. Um, the only one I can really think of, which doesn't really count, um, my winning day was the same day as the Champions League final. Juventus versus Barcelona. Um, it would have been nice to have watched it. Especially because I put money on Juventus to, uh, sorry, Barcelona to win whatever the final score was. I got it right. I think it was 2-1. Yeah. Um, and I put money on Alva, Alvaro Morata to get Juventus's goal. So I like absolutely nailed on the game perfectly and won about 60 quid off of it. Nice. My mate put the bet on for me as a, as a wedding present. And I don't remember if he, I ever got the money off of him when I got back from got but got back from my honeymoon either. That'll pay you for your place settings or something then. <laughs> that would have paid for paid for yeah, probably paid for a, an afternoon's drinking. Actually we were all inclusive. He didn't. On the subject of Champions League finals days, I was at my friend's wedding on the Champions League final slash League Two playoff final, so I missed Massinho's goal. And that oh, no. joyous day out at Old Trafford, sitting in a oh, stuffy uh, uh, reception. Yeah. Uh, okay, I was working that day, so I missed that game, yeah. I couldn't get it off. Otherwise, I'd have been all over it. Giggly. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, you've thrown a giggity in, so it's definitely time to end the podcast, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you, Patrick, for for sitting and chatting to me for the best part of an hour, well, just over an hour. About You're welcome. It's been fun as always. A wonderful game yesterday. Uh, thank you, listeners, for coming and spending an hour with uh, with, with, with us two. Um, I don't know what to say out the fucking barrow. Woo!
Levels up again. And it's in! Graziani! Mourinho bursting from midfield. It's Mourinho. Well, if that is the goal to win the promotion, it's certainly worthy of it. An old Trafford cracker in front of the Stratford end. What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Macca's? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNugget's share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.